Hi, folks. I'm Jimmy Hiles. I'm Lydia Judy. I'm Derek Lemaster. <laughs> and this is Scream Bloody Movies, the podcast where we review a horror movie each week, go over the horror news, and we're happy Derek's slow ass is back. Right, guys? <laughs> you missed me. <laughs> so how are you guys doing? Uh, Derek, um, you were off last week. Do you want to discuss that? Uh, oh, yeah, you know. It was your casual Wednesday. We were at home watching TV. Our house caught on fire. The huge. <laughs> it happens. Right. Everybody's right. okay. Everybody's okay. It was just Quincy, myself, and we have a newborn baby. Uh, we That's also home. what we happened downstairs. during our time off. So. Yep. And uh, we heard what sounded like fireworks. I thought my cat had like tipped something over and started dragging it through the house. Nope. Well, I had a battery backup uh, phone bank, and it exploded and caught my desk on fire. So, you know, fun oh times. Oh, my gosh. That is so crazy. Very scary. Yeah. So Thankfully, scary. It was scary. Thankfully, you guys were home. Everybody was safe. Your house is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and my son, he was at daycare. And so now he's like, why aren't we going home? And we're like, oh, skunks caught in our house and made it stinky. We need it clean because oh. we don't want to tell him that there was a house fire. Yeah, these three might freak him out. So every time we like to go to pick him up, because our daycare is yeah, our daycare is by uh, our house. He's like, our house is stinky. Yep, it's stinky. He doesn't. Believe, he doesn't believe that you 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 fart in there all the time. So he's like, I do. Man, so. Dad really did it this time. I mean, how bad are the skunks compared to your butt, Dad? I don't know. <laughs> went Aww. next level so derek um last week we did dead silence lydia mm-hmm. and i talked about it for a while lydia was like i like dead silence <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i was just like literally spit that out and then almost choked on my coffee right now like that just and that's really mean because I sounded so manly in that episode. I think what happened was Jamie, it, when he was editing, turned my vocals like, you know how you can like make it like chipmunky and like high pitch or you could go low. I think he turned me down to like sound like a man in that episode. So I'm going to try to keep my voice high enough on this one. Did not do I'm just going to talk up here the whole time. <laughs> I'm always going to sound like I'm asking a question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we reviewed Dead Silence. Lydia and I talked about it for a long time. So give us your quick (laughs) review of Dead Silence, your history of it, and your uh, pumpkin ready. So history of it. Uh, Man, I watched this movie when it came out, I think, on VHS. We might have rented it. Or went to the movies. It was what in two thousand and five or seven, something like 2005, that. Two thousand five. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, two thousand seven. Uh, two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Yeah. Yeah. Two thousand and seven. Um. But yeah, you know, I loved the premise of the movie. Even you know back then, I, I think it's aged very well. Um, it plays on a deep fear that everybody. I think everybody has these. I mean, dolls in general, but then you get a ventriloquist doll like the mouth moves and the eyes move and i mean who's not going to be afraid of that 
So it was, uh, you know, it, it's a great movie. I have always enjoyed that movie and I watch it, uh, you know, every couple of years. So and if I had to give it a pumpkin rating, I would probably give it an 8.25. Oh, wow. Ah. He's, the, he's the highest one. He gave it the highest rating. That never yeah. happens. This is a Screen Bloody Movies first where Derek's outranked us with the ratings. Yeah, well, he didn't get to hear all of our points on that's the, true on why it's know. not quite there. But yeah, Lydia gave it a seven point five, mm-hmm. and I gave it a seven. So we all liked it a lot. So yes. I'm glad that so we... I did. I watched the episode, mm-hmm. or I watched most of the episode, and I mean, I think Lydia had some good points. Jason Stackhouse does do a very like <laughs> have a wooden Jason performance. Stackhouse. <laughs> Also, uh, while we're here, uh, agonize the movie. Who would you agonize? I would probably do about? the cop. I would probably do. Honestly, I think the weakest character in the entire movie mm-hmm. was the caretaker. So if you yeah. were just like looking to like really try to polish the movie up, I'd probably make him the the caretaker. Um, you know, to boost that performance a little bit. But yeah, he'd, he'd be the cop if I really had my way about it. He fits yeah. that that profile he could walk through the whole movie talking to jason saying thrill me <laughs> yes that would have made it a 10 i would have given that movie a 10 yeah, yeah. I no think, question uh i think jamie's prediction was that you would uh <laughs> aconize the dummy <laughs> i, I want to know what a uh what a tom atkins uh, ventriloquist doll would look like Somebody out there has to have it. Guys, if you can create a Tom Atkins uh, ventriloquist doll, first of all, I will buy it and uh, set it in my bed at night so my wife can be afraid. But But I will feel safe and I'll be like, Fill me! Well, as soon as you do that, the gig's up, man. She's going to be like, dang it, Jamie. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so we're going to get into the horror news today. And um, Lydia, we're going to start with this. Okay. Because I know you love it. So we've got some Monsters news. Uh-oh. <laughs> so we have um, here... A picture of Grandpa, the guy that's playing Grandpa, at least. I'll share it with you. Um, being fit for a coffin. Oh. Have you seen this? Mm-mm. Okay. So. Oh, there's Sherry Moon, your favorite, right? Mm-hmm. Right there. There he is in the whole Munster's uh, get-up, being fit for his custom coffin. Wow. So, uh, the Munsters are still moving forward. What do you think of that? Um, does that get you excited? Is that? Well, not really, because it just looks like a guy standing in a box. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it doesn't really look like anything. He's got a mask on. He's not in like makeup. He does have a cape on, um, but he doesn't all, have like that that really great wig. That and that he makeup. has. The, yeah, 
Yeah, I'm really, that's the thing I'm really excited about. He looked great in the actual pictures. Yes. Um, for sure. This is some good news. Uh, Scream has been rated R for uh, strong bloody violence. So we don't have to worry about a about a uh, neutered PG-13 screen movie. Well, I didn't I wasn't worried about that. I, they can't <laughs> do that, right? That's not a thing. I don't know. They they made a PG-13 Die Hard movie. You mm. know. I mean, they did that's do that. before they they that's before they knew better, you know. <laughs> I feel like they should know better by now. That's true. Um you know, when I, I think of those, like, you think about those PG-13 horrors of, like, the early 2000s. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, the the, the Ring, which we'll get to, it's really good. But then you have, like, um, you know, uh, The Grudge or The Return or mm -hmm. The Eye. Mm-hmm. The Unborn. The Unborn. Yes, that's that's another one. In PG thirteen sure, horror, more. there are PG thirteen <laughs> horror just is hard to pull off. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the I think is Insidious rated PG thirteen, the first Insidious, or is Ooh, it R for disturbing? Question. Is it R for like disturbing crap? Because um, it could be. I mean, it it doesn't you don't. It doesn't have to be rated R to be scary. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You... I mean, like, The Ring was terrifying when it came out. Yeah. If yeah. that was PG. I didn't realize that was a PG-13 movie. Yeah, it was. I mean, that um, makes sense. Because there's nothing really too over the top about it. I mean, but it's a terrifying movie still. Yeah. Insidious is PG-13 as well. Um, wow. But a very good, I mean, it's a very good PG-13 rated horror movie. And, of course, one of the best horror movies ever made, uh, Poltergeist is PG. Not even PG-13 because it didn't exist yet, just PG. Wow, PG. <laughs> That's just wild, take your right? children. <laughs> take your children to see it. They'll take love it. Take your children to see this terrifying film. Man, I, love, I love that movie. Yeah, we're going to do that one here soon. After we get through our Christmas list, which is coming this month, we'll get to uh we'll get to that one. Uh Jordan Peele's new horror movie, Nope, has finished filming. Oh. Um it's his third movie. We don't it's very mysterious. We don't know much about it. We know that uh I'm going to mess up Daniel's name here. Uh Daniel Kalua who plays, uh, who was the main character in um, Us, or not, not Us, uh, Get Out, mm -hmm. is starring in it. Love him. Um, Steven Yoon from Walking Dead and Joe Mayhem, mm -hmm. or Joe uh, Lynch's Mayhem is in it. Uh, Kiki Palmer is in it. Um, so what we have is this poster here. You want to see the poster? Yeah. All right, let me show I bet you. That's good. It's pretty cool. It's very Spielbergian, mm. actually. Um, where is it? 
All right. Can you see my screen? Yes. All righty. Here we go. Here's the poster. Oh. It's a phenomenal yeah. poster, isn't it? Nope. Yeah. That is good. Do you see the Spielbergian vibes I'm talking about? Yes, absolutely. Like just feels the mountains, mm -hmm. the, the stars. Yep. I think the stars is what's doing it. Yeah, the stars and the and just the whole vista. Feels like an yeah. Amblin movie. It has like an Amblin-esque feel to it. I don't know what the we don't know what the movie's about yet. Um hmm. so we're kind of in the dark uh on it. But uh, you know. We'll see. That's pretty exciting. Yes. Uh, this is interesting and very exciting. So have you seen the trailer for uh, Guillermo's uh, new uh, movie, Guillermo de Toro's new movie? No. You haven't? I don't think uh, so. What is it? Nightmare. It stars uh, Bradley Cooper. It takes place in like the 1920s. Oh. Has uh, um, Kate, Bl Kate Blanchett in it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he's promoting this movie, which looks phenomenal. I saw the trailer for it the other day for the first time and was like, oh, <laughs> okay, I'm there for that. Right? Um, Nightmare Alley? Yeah, looking it up. Yes, absolutely. So he's doing the rounds for that. It looks great. It, I mean, anything Guillermo does, I'm, I'm in, you know. I'm all in on Guillermo, of course. Yes, me too. And it's got a great cast. Holy yeah, cow. phenomenal cast. Oh my goodness, this is going to be yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I excited for that. Guillermo. I love Guillermo too. So Guillermo was being interviewed and it looks like he said that his uh, adaption of H.P. Lovecraft's At the Mountains of Madness is still in development. So a Guillermo-directed Lovecraft story would just be the greatest thing. that I don't think the world could handle it <laughs> with how amazing that would be. Yeah. Right? I mean... Uh, that's how I feel about everything Guillermo does, honestly. <laughs> I love, love his movies. So he says, uh, I went through the cupboards and found The Count of Monte Cristo in At the Mountains of Madness. Those were a couple of ones that I presented first. The thing with Mountains is the screenplay I co-wrote 15 years ago is not the screenplay I would do now. So I need to do a rewrite. Not only to scale it down somehow, but because back then I was trying to bring the, the bridge the scale of it with the elements. He says, right now I'm developing two screenplays, one of which I think will be the right way, which he'll get to right away next. But he says that his original, at the uh, Mountains of Madness, the original uh, version in 2006... Originally had Tom Cruise attached to Star, which would have been phenomenal. I would have went and seen that movie immediately. Like, wait, <laughs> Guillermo directing Tom Cruise in a Lovecraft uh, adaption? 
okay. So that's a, <laughs> one one of the piece of Guillermo news I have. I also have a second piece of Guillermo news. It's Guillermo Day. So um he is actually producing an anthology series that's coming out called The Cabinet of Curiosities. Um, the directors of the series will include, uh, a f the director of Mandy, uh, Panos Cosmatos, Jennifer Kent, the director of the Babadook, mm -hmm. um, Vincenzo Natale, the director of Splice, and David Pryor, the, uh, director of The Empty Man. So, uh, it has, like, a bunch of one, two, three, four, five, six... About seven episodes, it looks like, of this anthology series. What oh, do you think man. of a Guillermo-produced anthology, horror anthology series? Love it. Love it. All that sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. What did you think of the Babadook? I mean, we'll do a few full review of it. Don't get me started on the Babadook. Okay. I love the Babadook. So we will, it's, we'll definitely, it's out there. We'll definitely do an episode on that one then. Hi, I'm back. So now that you're both back, we're going to restart the episode full. <clears throat> now that you're both here, we got some big casting news, Derek. So remember a few, I don't know, it was several episodes back, we um, talked about the movie Renfield, that new Renfield movie. Nope, doesn't, uh, doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Derek's nope. been through a lot since then. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, well, anyway, uh, it's it's a new it, Nicholas Holt from uh, from Bodies and uh, X Men. Mm -hmm. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he is playing Renfield in this new movie. It's a movie, you know, about his. It's like a comedic version of it. Remember, mm -hmm. that's what the plot is. So they cast Dracula, Derek. And Dracula oh, is going to be played by Nicolas Cage. Is this like a like a satire piece? It is. Um, so it got the plot details are currently unknown. Those believed to take place during present day and is not a period piece. Um, so that we don't really know much except that. Nicolas Cage is going to play Dracula. What are your thoughts on just Nicolas Cage playing Dracula, period? Man, I could see it going really, really well or really, really bad. And I'm, uh, that's such a, a great question. I don't know. I'd like to more, know more details, like kind of the mood of the movie before I were to make a prediction. What if I told you that it was similar in tone to Vampire's Kiss with Nicolas Cage? The one where he thinks he's turning into a vampire. Mm, I, <laughs> mm. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie too, but... Uh... All you need to know is... A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Oh, 
<laughs> Isn't there a meme like he's like? Yeah, like yeah. Yes. Okay, I feel like <clears throat> with the big eyes. If you haven't seen Vampire's Kiss, you have to go watch it right now. Yes, Just pause this podcast. It is a movie that exists. It is a movie that exists, <laughs> and you should see it. Because it's like historic at this point. Yeah. So <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts on this casting decision? Lydia. I really like it. I think it's great. I think either either direction, any direction they go with it, I think Nicolas Cage will be perfect to play Dracula. <laughs> Even though Vampire's Kiss was notoriously uh, kind of insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really I like that movie. I don't know. I I saw it when I was young and I was just like, yeah, this is great. He's <laughs> like, what's in the vampire teeth? Yeah. <laughs> <Arr>. <laughs> I do see where it uh I think it's probably gonna be entertaining any direction it goes. But, yeah. Uh, I, I do. I think he could do a really good job. I could see that from him. I, so I'm, I will go see this movie. It I think great. he's already a, a vampire, isn't he? Like, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. like a kooky ass son of a bitch that has like some. He has some castles and shit that he, he actually owns. <laughs> well, I think he used to. He had some uh, tax issues. I think well, his agent yeah. like ripped him off. So well. I mean, he went full MC Hammer. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I, man, if I ever, I might be getting it wrong, but I thought he, uh, a lot of it was due to like who who handled his money. Yeah. Well, but, I think yeah. he also was buying shit like dinosaur heads and oh, castles. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, um, who doesn't want to own a dinosaur head? I want to. I would like to see him like a serious uh, Dracula. Like I can, I can kind of see the like Christopher Lee vibe mm. from him yeah. he's got yeah. like the longer face and like he is getting older now and i i want to see that like i want to see christopher lee kind of in in this uh portrayal a little bit yeah i think that would be good i would like that i think he would be, i think he'll do good regardless i think he's a really good actor he can kind of do whatever he wants as long as he's yes and it depends on which version comes to play. I mean, Seth Rogen does tell that insane story about when he met with him to to do the uh, Green uh, uh, Green Hornet, his Green Hornet uh, adaption. He said yeah. he met with him, and Nicholas Cage <laughs> said he wanted to do the part with a Jamaican accent, and he launched into some into a random uh, monologue that wasn't even in the script. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Seth just kind of like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if there is, oh if there is one word I think that really just defines Nicolas Cage at this point, it's eccentric. Oh, <laughs> definitely, definitely eccentric. That's so funny. Yeah. All right, guys. Now let's get to. The reason that we're here, the reason for the season, as it were, because <laughs> nothing says December like Adam Green's 2006 slasher classic, Hatchet. Yes. <laughs> so let's uh, talk about 
like we do every week, our experiences with this movie and um, our, you know, introduction to it and whatever. Let's start with you, Lydia. Oh, um, well, I, this movie, like I, I was telling you guys this earlier, but this movie was not on my radar, like at all. Like I did not know anything about this movie. Um, it came out in, what did we say? 2006? 2006, yes. I was definitely not uh, trying to watch anything like this. I would have been horrified in 2006 <laughs> of this movie. But um, yeah, so I, uh, Jamie told us about it, told me about it. And I was like, okay. He was like, you have to watch it. You have to go watch it. So I went and watched it and it blew my mind. And I was like, this is the craziest thing. How did I not know about this movie? I don't know how I just missed it the entire time. But I am really glad that Jamie made me watch it. And <laughs> I, it's, it's, a, it's a classic for me now. Derek, what is your experience with Hatchet and uh, your journey with it? Oh, man. I mean, uh, I don't even remember the first time I watched this movie. I've watched it so many times. Um, it's one of the horror movies I own, personally. Uh, I mean, it's great. Uh, it's a throwback to the old slashers. It's got humor baked into it, which, <clears throat> you know, compared to the old slashers, it, it's definitely got uh, a little bit more of a humorous tone to it and you know it's some of the gore is kind of outlandish but that's the like beauty of the movie mm. <laughs> if you will mm. and it's just it's a fun movie you can tell it was a, a passion project and honestly all the uh following uh movies that preceded it uh you can tell that they're they're still having fun uh, as a passion uh, for them. So yeah, it's, you know, it's a great movie. I love it. So, um, I don't, Derek probably doesn't remember this, but when Hatchet first came out in around 2007, when it came out on DVD, it was DVDs back in those days. Um, we rented this and went over to Joey's and watched it and really enjoyed it. We, we liked it a lot. We were like, this movie's funny. This is fun. You know, this movie's fun. It's just fun camp. We liked it a lot. But it just kind of fell, you know, I liked it, but it didn't, like, hit for me until uh, several years later when I watched it again. And I was like, this movie's amazing. You know, this is super, this movie's so funny. And then after that, I uh, stumbled upon uh, Adam Green and Joe Lynch's great podcast, The, the Movie Crypt. Um you should listen to that as well after you listen to this podcast. But uh, I rediscovered Hatchet again. I went back. I was like, oh, yeah, let me rewatch that. And it was it was game over. Victor Crowley was like, you know, joined the boys. He joined Freddie and Jason and, of course, The Shape as uh, one of the boys. So, uh, yeah, I, I also have a great fondness for this movie. So... Um, Let's get right into it, guys. Let's dig into uh, Hatchet. So the movie opens on the bayou with a man named Samson and his son Ainsley. 
and they're hunting for crocodiles. Uh, and Samson is played by who? The great Robert England. Yes. Right. So Lydia, what did you feel like the first time you watched it? When you first put this in, you saw Robert England. Yes. And I was like, oh, hey, that's Robert England. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably exactly my reaction. Oh, hey, look at that. That's awesome. <laughs> and then it just gets crazier and crazier. <laughs> yeah. Then it just doesn't stop. So, yeah. So Robert England is here as uh, Samson, and he's hilarious in this role of Samson. He's so funny. Yes. He's just this crotchety old man, and uh, they're trying to hunt these gators, and he uh, ends up, uh, Ans Ansley has to take a pee. So he's peeing off the side of the boat, and he gets, uh, the gator comes up and almost bites his sack off, as he says. <laughs> <laughs> So then he he gets onto the land and has to pee, and uh, Samson hears a noise, so he goes to investigate. Or, I mean, he, you know, it's like, hey, I think the gator's here. He grabs a spear ready to take out this gator, and he doesn't, he, uh, Ainsley doesn't hear anything from his dad. So he goes over and he sees him gutted in the, uh, dismembered, basically, not even really gutted, dismembered in the boat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then good old Ainsley is uh, dispatched, let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you guys think of Ainsley's death? Well, That's the first they didn't on Green. show it. Yes. Oh, no, Ainsley. Yeah, okay. Ainsley. I was thinking, so I was like, I know so, you guys are particular about not showing deaths happen on the screen. So off that off-screen death didn't bother me because it's there to set up the suspense. Right. And we get all the rest of Hatchet's kills are on screen. That's beautifully true. on screen. So. <laughs> yes, very beautifully. So Ainsley uh, gets like ripped apart, you know, mm -hmm. his insides is blood thrown on the trees which becomes like a hatchet joke that just never ends every time somebody's killed <laughs> they splash the trees with blood <laughs> it, the effects look a little bit too good i would say like yeah. they're so on point they're fantastic they're uh john carl yes and the funniest thing to me is like the comedy that's in it at the same time because as he's getting like his spine ripped out, he's just yelling, "It hurts!" Yeah, he gets slammed, his teeth get knocked out. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "What a funny thing to scream while you're getting your spine ripped out!" It hurts. So, like, yeah, we know it hurts. Thank you. What do you think of this opening, guys? Love it. So first off, it it threw me off the first time I watched it. Because I'm like, Robert England's in this movie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then like within the first like five minutes, he's, he's dead. And you're like, what just <laughs> happened? Kind of like uh, Drew Barrymore in Scream. Yeah. yeah. You're like, this isn't where I parked my car. <laughs> so it, uh, it was a really good, really good kind of fake out as to the direction of this movie. Um, but it was good. And yeah, that opening death scene with Ainsley. It's fantastic. 
<laughs> sets the tone. Sets the tone. <laughs> and you can definitely like I think at one point they throw like a spleen or something against the, the tree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then just buckets of blood splash on it. Yeah. So um we cut from there to Mardi Gras in Nolans. And um one of the first people we see on screen is uh, our great director, Adam Green. As mm -hmm. uh, Joel David Moore, um, Ben and Marcus walk by. Adam Green's the third one. He's the friend that uh, decides to stay back. <laughs> so we're introduced to our uh, two of our leads, Ben and Marcus. And we find out that Ben's getting over a breakup, that Marcus is trying to you know, basically just score some tail while he's in New Orleans. And Ben's like, I'm over this. I, it's hard for me to get over her and I've got to go. So he, he's like, I heard about this haunted swamp tour. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go check it out. So he goes, he leaves, but Marcus being a good friend can't leave him. So he goes with him and uh, they start they head off down the down the way towards uh, Reverend Zombie's um, shop, which is where these this haunted uh, <laughs> this this haunted boat tours happen, and mm -hmm. uh, they have some really funny dialogue between them as they're bantering back and forth. There's some really good stuff. Um, there's a bit where he talks about um, sleeping with a girl and getting the clap. And he says, um, what are you talking about? You know, he's like, I don't know. How could, what do you mean you couldn't see it happening? She was scratching herself. The, that waitress was scratching herself the entire time. I just, she said she had allergic reaction to the dishwasher. Man, you shouldn't, you shouldn't sleep with scratchy people. Just do it. <laughs> and that, there's a callback to that in a little bit later. We'll get to it. Um, oh, yeah. So they end up at Reverend Zombies in Reverend Zombie. Is, is a, another horror icon cameo by the great Tony Todd. Mm -hmm. And he tells them that he doesn't do ghost tours anymore. And he starts launching into this elaborate story. And they're all at the edge of their seats as he's talking about this terrifying ordeal that happened the night before, only to find out that the woman hit her head and then sued the shit out of me. For mm -hmm. <laughs> negligence. And then he sends them down to another shop that does the uh the haunted tours what do you think of reverend zombie scene amazing I, I, it's great that uh in the later movies they expand that role mm -hmm. yeah you know because uh you know just almost anything he's in is, is pretty good so yeah. um yeah i was glad that they included the cameo i'm glad that they expanded it in the uh preceding Sequel. sequels and mm -hmm. uh for the little part that he played he did a great job dude he's so funny there's a line in there at the end that's an ad-lib he's my bird so fun i gotta tend to my birds that's an ad-lib it is bird. so fucking goofy i have to go tend to my birds be careful walking on the sidewalk it cracks me up 
so when I watched it last night, I laughed so hard. I was like, and you hear in the background, you hear birds. They yeah. eighty yard birds in there. Loved it. So uh, they end up at um, this other shop where they meet. Um, we, we're introduced to more main characters here. The 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 guy running the place is Sean, and he's an Asian man that speaks with a Cajun accent. Yes. Come on now, down y'all. And then uh, <laughs> we're introduced to um, Jenna and uh, Misty, who are um, Misty. Misty is like a is a, a porn actress essentially, and Jenna is an up and coming actress that is trying to get her big break. And they mm-hmm. are basically starring in this video for this guy named Doug Shapiro, Mister Shapiro as they call him. Uh, and he's trying he's filming stuff for Bayou Beavers. So the first time we meet them, they have their they have their tits out, and they are um, you know wooing at the camera and they're making out and stuff and then he you know he's like oh i've got to change batteries and she's like do you ever brush your teeth lick me and they just have this like banter non-stop non-stop dialogue of just like slutty insults (laughs) yeah it's so funny and then we're introduced go ahead derek oh I'm i'm gonna launch into a story so Oh, Whenever you feel like that's appropriate. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so look, we're obviously adults now, and this is not something that we would do. Yeah, it's something we'd probably still do. But anyway, when we were younger and right out of high school, <laughs> uh, so we used to sit around and like come up with um, like Girls Gone Wild alternatives. You were, I know that Joey and I used to do this. Did you? Yeah, I this? was not involved in this. <laughs> not involved in this anyway, because, no. you know, we're teenage guys and we're like, oh, yeah, we should do that. And I, I would have never have come up with Bayou Beavers, but some of the names <laughs> that we came up with were just like ridiculous. But anyway, it's, so, it's, so it's like that childhood, uh, you know, like male thing that this guy grew up and was like, you know what? I'm going to fulfill my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> we might cut this bit out but anyway uh <laughs> it, it did uh it did touch a uh a nerve in my nostalgia memory. yeah i was like i remember when we used to think about those types of things i remember the, when we used to think about the how creative porn names <laughs> i did oh, yeah. used to do that i used to try to cr- come up with creative porn names yeah i i always you know like i remember I actually wrote this bit for a stand-up because uh, I found this. Um, I saw this video called uh, "Field of Wet Dreams," which I thought was just the funniest title for a porno movie. And I said, "Hopefully, both movies don't include the line, Dad, would you like to have a catch?'" <laughs> oh my god! It's a joke for you guys that I wrote. Um. <laughs> <laughs> We might cut this bit. Who knows? But uh, we'll leave the, that bit. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, but then like, we're introduced to the what? I said Lydia's probably like you guys. You guys, you guys. Uh, so then we're introduced to Mr. and Mrs. Permadio, 
and uh they're an older couple that's going on this this bayou uh haunted tour as well so um what do you guys think of the whole the whole scene inside the you know the the shop where we're introduced to all of these characters I really love it. I love, I th I think I love every single one of these characters. And yes. That's, that's very important. This, yeah. This movie stands out because these characters are all actually pretty great, even though some of them are like not good people, but they're still mm -hmm. like fun and likable anyways. Yeah. They're all very, they're all fleshed out in their own way. They all have, they mm -hmm. feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, they feel like living, breathing characters. As opposed mm -hmm. to you know just stock, and because they're they're each in, embedded with personality, which makes them fun. Um, so yeah, we we go up to the bus and uh, we're introduced to our lead character, which we didn't know yet, but is our lead character uh, Mary Beth Dunstan. And so uh, Ben sits beside her. Marcus sits beside Jenna and he's trying to like, he's kind of like, you know, flirting with her. And there's this super funny scene where Ben is trying to like break the ice with um, Mary Beth. Mary Beth. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he starts talking about, Oh, Mary Beth. That's great. That's like two names. You just Mary. Then there's Beth. That's a nice coat. And then Marcus just slaps him in the back of the head. <laughs> Last night. Honestly, does this even remotely like sound like a conversation I would? Have? <laughs> I felt like you, I felt like I was watching you on screen with these with these oh with this God. dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're... he's like, so do you have any pets? <laughs> yeah. Oh Lydia, oh Lydia, this is a perfect time. This is a perfect opportunity to tell the story. So we once went to a strip club, right? <laughs> And, Tell all uh, our secrets. <laughs> I mean, this, we, we were so young. Anyway, we went to a strip club, and Last I <laughs> was yeah, and I was. Uh, I probably shouldn't tell this story. Where am I? Tell it, tell it, tell it, tell it, okay. tell it, tell it. You already started it. And like, I was having a conversation with this with this lady. Derek was getting <laughs> a lap dance, <laughs> and there was like time to spare because it was like in the middle of the song and anyway so i'm like sitting there having a conversation with her and uh i was like man you know what i'd really love to do and she like gave me this weird look like what and i was like i'd love to interview one of you guys and she, <laughs> she's like are you a reporter and i said no 
And there's a yeah, there's a pause. I'm like, is that the weirdest thing anybody's ever said to you? And she was like, Yes. You know what's crazy though? Is like I think that all the time. It's like I would just love to like interview these. People. I would love to interview that person. I want to know. I like, just love what the fact is that your life like. I love the fact that she asked you if you're a reporter, and you just say no. You should have said yes, Ray. When she asks if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it That's been way awesome. less awkward. You could have just been like, "Yeah, yeah, I am." Oh, okay. And then you could have just played it off, and instead you're like, and then she wanted to dance with him, and Derek got up and ran. <laughs> Rude. That's rude. But uh anyway, yeah. Then we watched the surveillance footage back and Derek was like, is this in color or black or white? Oh my gosh. Jamie's throwing them all out at you right now. Hey, he listen, is, he was man. off he was off for a week. We have to we have to put him back in. So uh yeah, but the the dialogue between them, that, that bit just cracks me up. And then while they're driving, he's starting, uh, Marcus is starting to flirt with, with Jenna, you know, and they're like having some cutesy conversation. And then she scratches her inner thigh and he goes, <laughs> man. He goes, yeah. damn it. <laughs> it's so funny. Such a great callback. Yeah, that is a good one. And then the, the older couple are like, oh, we got a filmmaker over here. This, this line. This line is so funny. Yeah, go ahead and tell it. He's like, oh, what kind of, you know, the older sweet couple is sitting there and they're like, oh, what kind of movies do you make? And he's like, well, have you ever heard of Bayou Beavers? And the old man and woman both say yes and no at the same time. Yeah, the, the she goes, no. like, yes. Yeah, I love that. And he's like, no. yes, no, no. Yeah. After she says no, he like changes it. Such yes. a relatable Hilarious joke. <laughs> nice camera. Making a movie? Well, well, what do you know, Lumpkins? We've got ourselves a director over here. How exciting. What kind of movie is it? Well, have you ever heard of Bayou Beavers? Sure. No. Oh. I laughed really hard at that, too. I was that's like, God so dang good. it. So they get on the boat, and that's when he's trying to start the boat. He meets, uh, there's a guy yelling at him to stop because it's off limits. And they're like, who's this guy? He's like, Victor Crowley, you can't go out. He's, oh, that's just old Jack Cracker. He's crazy. <laughs> he, he drinks his own pee. <laughs> so then he, they drive off and Jack Cracker's like, <clears throat> you are going to die. And then he pulls out his piss and drinks it. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Uh, that part grossed me out so bad. <laughs> I almost I, I forgot about it. So when he pulls, I was like, "Wait a minute!" I think he pulls out his pee, and so he did. I was like, "That is just the perfect setup punchline," because it makes it seem like he's just lying about this guy. Say, "Oh, he's crazy! Don't listen to a word he's saying." Yeah, yeah. But he really does drink his own pee. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like he was right, but also he does drink his own pee. So yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. he's crazy. Yeah, but. Yeah. He like he enjoyed it so much that it made me sick to my stomach to yeah, see him he just like, take a swig. Like he took a swig of like Gatorade. He's like, ah, oh, refreshing. 
Yeah. yeah, and he like burps a little bit. Oh, it's like the nastiest thing. <laughs> so while they're on the boat, uh, they're doing the tour, and we find out that Sean has absolutely knows absolutely nothing that he's talking about. Like he just knows nothing. He's mm-hmm. reading off these cue cards, and the story he tells about Victor Crowley is hilarious. He's like, "Oh, that's old Victor Crowley's house." Yeah, his dad killed him in, with a with a hatchet right in his face on the county was so <laughs> ugly or something. Yes. <laughs> and then they're like, he's like, uh, what's that over there? I like when they're in the bus. There's a bit we missed. When they're in the bus and he's driving along and he starts talking, he's like, the reason we bury our dead under the cement is because their spirits just rise up and we have to keep them down. And he's like, oh, I think it's because of the sea level. Yeah, I definitely read it was because of sea level. It's not because of sea level. <laughs> Freaks out. I said no. Yeah, I said no. I said no. <laughs> so there's more of that. They see, the, they see like the uh, marsh vapors on the fog and he's like oh there are some spirits right there now uh no that's marsh vapors no those are the spirits <laughs> and uh at this point they see victor crowley in the woods they catch a glimpse of him and mary beth this whole time is saying hey you know she's just she's been quiet and she's like i'm not here to make friends and she's the only one that's serious throughout this whole group everybody else is make having fun making fun of everybody and uh so she ends up uh they end up getting stuck sean wrecks the boat gets it stuck and um mr Pomeriato decides he wants to uh climb across the uh branch here to get to the other side right mm. and as he's doing that he falls in like racks himself pretty much and gets attacked by a gator gator bites his leg and uh so they end up all pulling him to shore pulling him to safety and this is when mary beth tells them we've got to get going if we stay in these woods we're going to die and everybody's like what are you talking about and he's and we find out at this point that sean's a fake he starts speaking with the Chinese accent. Yes, I love <laughs> I love that character so much. It's he's <laughs> like a really terrible <clears throat> Chinese accent. Well, he starts like cussing in Chinese. Yeah. He gets so frustrated that he just starts like cussing in Chinese and everybody's like, what the? <laughs> so he starts speaking with this Chinese accent and he's like, I told you the, you know, Victor Crowley's house is back there. And she's like, no, it's not because it's right here. And she points, and it's, like, right there. They're right beside Victor Crowley's house. And um, they find out the only way to the... Back to the road is through Victor Crow- the remains of Victor Crowley's house, that way. So they start to walk that way. Mary Beth says, this is a bad idea. Let's not do it, you know. And she... Because she pulls out a gun. She has a gun. Everybody knows she has a gun now because she shoots the gator. And um, the couple start to walk towards the... Hey, guys. I wasn't able to finish this episode because I had to go help my wife 
with her newborn baby. But anyway, Jamie and Lydia are going to do a great job from here on out, and I will hope to see you guys in the next episode. Peace. The, the older couple. They start uh, walking towards the house, and uh, Vic, you know, they're telling her, they're telling them to stop, stay back, and they're like, ah, we're going to do what we want. And so they're like, the good Lord will protect us. He's watching mm -hmm. over us. And then Victor Crowley appears, and he fucks Jim up first. Yes, yes, he does. Um, he, what does he do to him? He freaking he cuts him right, right here, his shoulder, and then just keeps hacking and cuts him basically in his whole torso yeah. in half yeah. and rips him apart. And then yes. my favorite kill of the movie happens. It's the, is probably the best kill I've ever seen in my life. One of the best, right? When he rips her jaw. So, gra he grabs her jaw and rips her head clean off. And the camera spins around and catches the entire thing with a like, really clever cut in there. But it's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah, perfect, perfect hidden cut. Yeah, perfect hidden you, you cut when he goes around. You just see the skin mm -hmm. of her cheek just rip completely off. And it is the most beautiful thing. I mean, it's terrifying. Yeah. And then you see her tongue just wiggle. <laughs> just what's waggle. All that's left is her bottom jaw and her tongue. Like everything else is gone. And it's so nasty. <laughs> but yeah, the, it's my. The, the skin ripping is. When you see it, yeah. yeah. It's beautiful they nailed it yeah i remember the first time i watched this movie and i saw that jaw rip. Yes. i was like that's oh. the thing that's the thing that stands out the most to me in this entire movie is that kill yeah i was like that is next level that's a great <laughs> yeah. that's a great kill it's so nasty so then we uh so everybody runs of course <laughs> of course could you imagine? No, no, that's I would terrifying. never stop running. <laughs> and this is the first time we actually get a look at Victor Crowley as well. What do you think of Victor's design? I think he's pretty gnarly. I think it's so over the top, but it works because it's because of the comedy mm -hmm. in the movie. I think the the over the top like mutated design really works yeah in his hatchet face uh, yeah. we skipped a part where um we get victor's backstory yes um, we did so mary beth gives the backstory to victor crowley mm -hmm. which is that he was it's similar to Pumpkinhead, really to degree uh, pumpkin head two with the creepy old guy yes but yes. uh but Victor Crowley's backstory is he's um, born mutated. And we find out why in Hatchet 2, in case you're wondering. But Victor Crowley's born deformed. And his dad raises him by himself and keeps to him. When I said Pumpkinhead, I, I, he reminds me of the dad in Pumpkinhead because of how much he loves his son. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. Lance Hedrickson loves his son in Pumpkinhead. Yes. And, uh, you know, Thomas Crowley loves Victor. And mm -hmm. so he keeps him out of sight because everybody makes fun of him and everything. And uh, 
one night they uh, these kids want to take a, get a look at him, so they throw firecrackers on the porch, and it catches the house on fire, trapping poor Victor inside. So Thomas comes home and can't put out the fire, so he grabs a hatchet to chop down the door, but Victor was on the other side, so when he knocks through the door, he hatchets Victor in the face, killing him. And then he becomes a hermit and lives in that shack by himself till the day he dies of a broken heart. Mm -hmm. And then Victor's ghost is a repeater and reappears, reliving the night he was murdered, basically. And kills anything that comes in his way. What do you think of Victor's backstory in that whole sequence? It's so sad. It's so sad. Very much like like um, Pumpkinhead, where you just have this relationship of just these two people, a father and son who love each other so much. They're all they have in the world. And except in this case, he kills his own son, which is the difference where in Pumpkinhead... He, his son gets killed by someone else but like he killed his own son like that's so heartbreaking and it's like he, I don't even I don't even like to think about it because that's how heartbreaking it really is like oh yeah so uh, it's a it works very well as a backstory for this character I yes, feel like yeah it's oh my god it's so sad like he he's just trying to cut the door down He's just trying to cut the chop that door down so he can get out, and he just chops him right in the face, right in the kisser. Ah. So the uh, so the rest of this movie is pretty much just people running and dying. So we're gonna kind of get <laughs> it. <laughs> so we'll get, I have to kind of. We have this emotional emotional backstory, and then it's just like dead, dead, yeah. dead, dead. And it's it's funny and stuff. We just have to I have to get into I have to remember the order. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of 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 how it happens. So Mary Beth shot shoots Victor and he falls. And they're like, "Well, I think he's dead, right? Is he dead?" And they're like, "Ah, you know, I don't I don't know." Uh, and freaking um, Marcus is up in a tree. <laughs> When they all regroup, he's just up in a tree, and uh, which is where he should have stayed. Yes, <laughs> he probably yes, would probably. have been fine up there. Probably. So he's just up in a tree, and they're like, "How how far is it there?" And whatever, and they um they look for it, and they can't really see it. Uh, he says, "You know, it's way too far away, but it's that way." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they convince him to come down. So they all stick together. Meanwhile, while this is happening, Shapiro uh, runs into Victor. Yeah, and he's hiding in a bush. And he's just, I mean, the scene is so long of him just like, (gasps) 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 just hiding in this bush looking around. And Mm. you're like, I I felt like that went on for a little bit too long. (laughs) That's just me. But I mean, it, it, I guess it builds Mm. the suspense. He drops uh, his camera. It rolls under yes. a separate bush. Yes. And then talk about his death. Well, it does not go very well for him after that. Um, I believe he gets up and 
he get, he gets up to run because he like sees a shadow. Mm. He gets up to run. He jumps up and he runs straight into Victor Kelly, which is like a hundred feet tall, giant. Yeah, basically yeah. is what he looks like. And I mean, this guy he just is like a tree compared to that guy. He's huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and so he just runs into him. He's just totally solid. And he just looks up and he just grabs him and twists his head off. I'm pretty sure. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. He twists yeah, it all the way around to the point it where it comes off. Yeah. To uh, like 360. Yeah. And then like rips it off. And the, yes. the, the blood guys are. It's there's like this like mist. Mist. Red mist. That comes up. It's I mean, I was what like. What do you think of his death? Dang, that looked so good. That mist comes up. And it's like, not only is it just like mist, but it's like, looks like it's actually like his breath combining yeah. with the blood. It's like, ah, like his heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Great death. So he's, he's a, a gone. He's a goner. A plus, <laughs> A plus. So they uh, end up um, discovering his bag. And we find out who we find out who uh, Mary Beth is. Mary Beth's uh, the sister of Ainsley and the daughter of Samson from the beginning of the movie. So she's there looking for her family, um, which she fears was taken by Victor Crowley. So uh, they find Shapiro's back. <laughs> And his wallet is in his bag. And they look at it and they find out that his name is not uh, Shapiro. Uh, what what was his name? What was his actual name? Oh, I can't remember. It's, I can't remember it, either. It's just not Shapiro. And you're yeah, like, oh, so no. they find out that he's not. He is a, uh, he's a guy that's pre- that basically is just getting his own collection. He goes around... Pre- pretends that he's a porn producer mm-hmm. so that way he can film these girls and give them their big breaks but he really just takes it home so he can like jerk off to it essentially mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> the misty says the best line so first <laughs> yeah. first jenna says you know like i can't you know i i you know i studied at nyu i can't believe all this is happening i can't believe i have to do all this stuff i'm a serious actress and Misty goes, oh, so you mean he's not really a, you know, a director? Oh, man, I can't believe I've fallen for this three times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she has some of the funniest lines, too, and she plays them so well. Oh, yeah. She, when they find that she finds the bag, and she, the two girls are having another argument where they're, like, just calling each other names and saying dirty things oh yes and she's like she the uh mary beth picks up the bag and she's like guys and like kind of stops them from fighting and she's like uh i think this what does she say she's like i think this means shapiro is around here (laughs) yeah yeah i think shapiro was close (laughs) yeah i like when she says uh you know won't you go suck off your dad again yeah she says Right after you finish, <laughs> yeah, she's like, "I will after you." Yeah, he's like, "No, yeah. you know, yeah. their insults make no sense the whole time." So Sean slips out of his um, Asian accent and starts speaking with an American accent, 
Yes. And he's like, so I haven't been completely honest with you guys. And <laughs> Marcus punches him and they start fighting. And it's a big fight. Uh, you know, they fight back and forth. And they separate. And he's like, okay, that's it. I'm tired of this. I want to find out. Everybody better be who they say they are. Mm -hmm. uh, they find a lighter in Shapiro's bag and they find a flashlight. Like everybody needs, I, I want, is anybody else holding any secrets? And it keeps, you know, go, he keeps, swings the flashlight back and forth. And he, every time he passes over Jenna, she's like, <laughs> they do this multiple times. And he finally lands on her. He's like, what do you got to say? And she says, I really didn't graduate from NYU. It was my number one choice, but I had to go to Hofstra, <laughs> which is where Adam Green graduated film school was Hofstra University. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's so good. Yeah. She so, cries. She's just she, like, that was my secret. I just, yeah. she just lied about the school that she went to. Yeah. And they're like, uh, okay, sure. <laughs> so they go off and uh, he, uh, the next, the next kill basically is, um, <laughs> is Jenna and Sean. So Victor Crowley attacks again. And uh, this kill is something else. This kill is something else. So Victor appears with an uh, electric or a gas-powered uh, belt sander mm -hmm. and pushes it into Jenna's face in like sands off her entire chin essentially yeah. and then he gets attacked and he grabs sean cuts off his leg with the shovel so sean has one leg he's falls he down he doesn't just cut it off he like golf swing with a <laughs> shovel just <laughs> Not gone. Off. Leg is just gone. Like yeah, bye bye. <laughs> Chops off his leg, um, and so then he uh, goes over the top of him and puts the shovel on his head and decapitates him essentially. Yes, with the shovel, and then he grabs Jenna, who is still alive, by the way, and he impales her on the handle of the shovel pushes it down until she bleeds out everywhere. What do you think of this kill? So graphic. Her like her face being sanded off. Ugh. <laughs> so nasty. I I was like I can I the you know, I can I can handle the golf swing leg and the decapitated, but I man, her face looks so scary. Just like not uh, having a bottom jaw really freaks me out. Yeah. And then her her actual death with mm -hmm. the in, impaling on the shovel. So overkill. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely. So the remaining survivors we have at this point are Misty, Ben, Marcus, and Mary Beth. And they regroup. And they're like, so we've got to figure out a plan and Ben says that he remembered seeing gas cans at Victor Crowley's house. So maybe if we, maybe we can light him up. 
you know, maybe we can finish him. Because they're like, well, obviously he's not getting, like, they, he's like, he can be hurt because he stabs him with the pitchfork. And they ran off. So he knows mm-hmm. he can be hurt. Um, so they make a plan to go back to the um, Victor Crowley's house. Go And he's going to search those gas cans. So they have Misty hold guard outside the door. Ben's inside getting the gas cans. And Marcus and Mary Beth stand back to back with their weapons. And they're like, uh, let's... Um, Let's try to distract him. Let's keep you know keep him distracted because it was too quiet. And so Marcus starts taunting Victor Crowley, and every time he taunts him, he goes, "Yes, so <laughs> funny." After every single thing, he's like, "You know, I'm gonna kick your ass so hard, you're gonna be uh, peeling uh, shoelaces out of your teeth for a week." Yeah, and then he's like, <laughs> "What's the other way? You look like you got molested by wolves." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> molested by wolves (laughs) so you know they hear a noise at first and they look over uh ben yells about something and they it was a possum or something on the a raccoon or something on the uh on the cans and he yells at it and they look over and they're like misty and she goes Yes. Cracked me up. So then um, they look over and they see that she's gone. And then Ben just gets hit in the head with her decapitated <laughs> So freaky. Then he starts throwing the rest of her limbs at him. Yes, and the torso just... The torso, yeah. With her like little like tube top. And you can just tell it's her because the the two like her. I don't think her head actually looked that good. Yeah, yeah. But like the you, I was like, because at first I was like, who is that supposed to be? Whose head is that? And then yeah. I realized it was like the the tube top. Yeah, tube top. Ugh, gross. So uh, he's about to kill Ben, and Mary Beth attacks him with the garden rake and stabs him in the back of the head. And while he's being stabbed by that ben pours the gasoline on him and they all three leave the the house and they throw the lighter at it to catch him on fire and he ignites engulfs in flames and then it starts raining (laughs) and ben says you've got to be fucking kidding me the rain starts and he says um you know uh He's like standing there wanting to watch it. And Mary Beth says, hey, grabs him by the face, says, all this has done is bought us time. We've got to go. So they uh, run, they they take off running. And they end up in a cemetery. They see a cemetery. And they're wanting to get on the other side of the gate. So they're like, let's follow this till we get to the entrance. And uh, Crowley attacks him. And he ends up... uh, Killing Marcus. And which is so sad when he kills Marcus. Because I didn't, you know, you don't want Marcus to die because you mm-hmm. like him so much. He's such a likable character. And Ben is so sad because it's his best friend. And so he gets, Victor Crowley gets him in a bear hug. 
and like basically squeezes him to death. <laughs> then he picks him by his legs and he slams him up against <laughs> some tombstone and smashes him. Brutal. What do you think of that death? That's like some Mortal Kombat shit. <laughs> like he cuts uh, no arms, cuts off, rips off his arms. Mm -hmm. Doesn't cut them off. He rips them off. Right? Yeah. Throws them at him. Uh, throws them at him. And I was like, okay, it's over. And then he picks him up and slams him against a, a what? A mausoleum or something? Mausoleum. Yeah. Mausoleum uh, wall and just explodes. So, so nasty. Yeah. It's a good one. It is a great one. <laughs> so, so bad. So they end up going back. They decide the only way through was back. So they're heading back towards the boat and towards the swamp. And um, Victor Crowley grabbed one of the wrought iron gates pieces and pulled it out. One of the iron. So as they're like trying to figure out their next move, all of a sudden, uh, an uh, iron rod lands into Ben's foot. And Victor Crowley comes out, you know, and he's like all burnt and shit from the fire. And he's like Ugh! yelling at him. And he... He roared like a Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> so they can't get Ben out. Victor Crowley's running towards him. So they bend the bar down. And Victor runs full force into it, into his neck, mm -hmm. and gets impaled clear into his neck, and he basically dies. I mean, he doesn't move at all. He's done for it, for the time being. And they basically rip Ben's foot out of it. Mm -mm. And so Victor's sitting there, you know, Dunsky. Mm -hmm. So they uh, end up finding the boat. Uh, that her dad and Ainsley were on. And uh, they board it. And Ben is all, you know, he's beat up pretty bad. And, you know, she starts to cry. She's f feeling all this emotion. And he's like, hey, you know, listen, we made it. We're alive. You have to think about that. We are alive. We made it through. And then all of a sudden she gets pulled into the water. Mary Beth does. She sinks down to the bottom and he's like hollering at her, Mary Beth. He's starting to reach into the water, trying to find her. And she gets caught on uh, the root at the bottom of the swamp. So she frees herself from it and she's like struggling to get up and she sees Ben's hand reach down in the water and this music's playing, triumphant music. And she reaches up and grabs his hand and he pulls her up. And then you reveal that it's Victor Crowley holding Ben's arm. And Ben's laying in the boat with his arm fucking ripped off. And he picks Mary Beth up and he screams in her face and we cut to black. What do you think of the ending of this movie? I forgot, honestly. I forgot that it was a cliffhanger like that. It suddenly ends without resolving or without any resolution. Anything. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just done music fade to black whatever yeah. you know yeah it cuts like, off mid frame yeah yeah it does it's it's very sudden and I, it's not expected um but it is 
interesting. It makes and you want to see what not, happens next. Yes, and I have not seen the second one. Oh, well, we'll we'll do that before too long. Yes. Definitely get into Hatchet 2. Um, <laughs> for sure. Um, it, I saw the trailer, and it looks like I have to see it. Oh, it's soon. great. Hatchet 2 is awesome. Uh, so, that is Hatchet. Uh, Kane Hodder, of course, plays uh, Victor Crowley in Thomas Crowley. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of his performance in this movie? Love it. Love Kane Hodder. Amazing. Um, who's your favorite character besides Victor? Okay, who's my favorite character? Oh, I didn't think about that. I think, um, honestly, I think... I can't think of his name. The... Uh, Sean? The tour guide. Yeah, Sean. Yeah. Sean is my favorite. <laughs> he's really funny. Yeah, he's really funny. Um, I think that... Uh, you know what? That might be my favorite character, too... I I love Mary Beth, but I like Mary Beth more in the sequels. Yeah. Mary Beth is recast uh, in the sequels with Daniel Harris. (laughs) Um, That's not why I like her more. I just think she has more to do in the sequels. But also, Mm -hmm. I do love Daniel Harris. (laughs) Yeah. I also really like Misty's character. Misty is really funny, too. And Richard Reel as uh, Jim is great, too. Yes, yes. And yeah, like, I was come looking... on, Lumpkins, we'll just walk across this log. <laughs> yes, he's so amazing. Um, <laughs> what was okay? So, his wife, mm-hmm. uh, yes, um, play. I looked her up because I was like, what is she in? Like, how is she... everybody in this is in something. So, uh, she plays one of like a sheep voice in Babe. which made my heart so happy (laughs) yeah that is great that is so funny so love her um Um, everybody everybody's amazing yeah yeah definitely uh so we already know what your favorite kill is right Mm -hmm. yes it's the jaw rip yes 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 mine too the jaw rip is one of the best kills in any movie period not only this one, it's it's mm-hmm. uh, slasher hall of fame level. Yes, death scene. Yes, and there's some really great ones in the sequels. Uh, um, Hatchet Two has some great great kills. Hatchet Three has good ones, and Hatchet Four, <laughs> Victor Crowley has great ones as well. Um, nice. So, uh, what are your final thoughts on Hatchet, and what would you pumpkin rate this? Um. Well. I think I really don't have many criticisms of this movie. Um, I think it's wonderfully shot, wonderfully directed, uh, wonderfully cast. It's so rare that you get a movie from this time period where it's kind of directed almost like it should be a bad movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know how to, I don't know how to like put it into words exactly, but it seems like 
because it was maybe cheaply made. Mm-hmm. But I think it worked to their advantage very well because obviously wasn't couldn't have been that cheap to make this movie. But it was like I don't maybe it was the camera, maybe it was I don't know what it is about this movie, but it really you can tell that everyone there is passionate about mm. this movie, which is insane. Uh but yeah, I'm gonna give this movie a nine pumpkins. Yeah. That's how I feel. I feel like I would 100% recommend this movie to everyone to watch. So, yeah, it's a you're glad you watched it, obviously, then. Yes, I am very glad. Uh, I will also give this movie a nine. And the only reason I'm giving it a nine is because I might like the sequel better. So I have to I have to have room to move. Right. So. <laughs> Nine out of ten pumpkins, and that's my second highest rating I think I've given anything. Uh, yeah, I think a, ha- Halloween's one. ten and Hatchet is nine. I think I gave uh, the Fog fairly high an eight, so because the Fog is fucking great. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I love Adam Green's Hatchet. Um, it's one of my favorites. It's a happy place movie for me. It puts me in a great mood. I was having a terrible day yesterday just a bad day at work bad day at home bad day just i mean just just in general bad day like i got home and i wasn't feeling well and i just was down i was like well i've got to watch hatchet for the podcast tomorrow and instantly felt better like i watched it i was like ah you know this is where it's at hatchet rules i text derek and said this this movie is so funny way funnier than it has any right to be it's just, mm-hmm. it's just the, and I think that's what makes it so appealing. And that's why you like all the characters is because they're, they're each, they endear themselves to you through their humor. Mm-hmm. So you're immediately like, well, I don't want anything bad to happen to that nice couple. They're, they're an old nice couple. And I really don't want to see anything bad happen to Marcus. He's funny. Um, You know, and then when they eventually get killed, you're, half rooting for it because you're like these kills are amazing yeah and then you're like you can't help it you can't help it (laughs) yeah like i don't even i love these characters but i don't even feel bad because i'm like damn that's awesome yeah 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 exactly especially the jaw rip that's just a showstopper showstopper kill the way the camera (laughs) moves around and you know it starts with the one way goes 360 around her so awesome Mm mm-hmm when I watched it last night, I was a funny backstory to to Hatchet is they rented these big condors lights, these big condor lights, and they got stuck in the swamp and they couldn't use them. So they had these big condor lights. So they only had a a set of lights. And that's why Adam says it feels like they just run around a corner and, and, and shoot and you know then they're like away from Victor Crowley they run around a corner it's because that's what they had to do they only had lighting to bunch everybody up there's a great shot also that I love when they're all walking in the woods at the beginning mm-hmm. and we uh, track each of them we're here and then we go to the back to where Ben and Mary Beth are talking then we yeah. come back to the front I love that that's a great 
camera usage and, and great way to play a scene as a oneer without cuts, mm-hmm. but moving everybody in also keep the momentum going. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. Love Hatchet. 10 out of 10. Or 9 out of 10. Sorry. 10 out of 10. <laughs> can't, can't jump the gun here. Um, <laughs> we'll get Derek's rating next week for, for this. Um, once he uh, is back next week, hopefully. Um, what's on the agenda next week? What do we do? Okay. All right. So this is your pick next. Um, and so next week we are going to be covering John Carpenter's The Thing. The Thing! The perfect Christmas movie! Yes! (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, we are going to be spoiler alert, probably in another 910 territory with next week's episode. Uh, John Carpenter's classic classic 1982 film uh the thing so stay tuned for that um any last words before we sign off lydia every time you say any last words i know like that that panic that's like what are my last words (laughs) what do you want in your tombstone yeah i'm like about pepperoni Um, any last words? Okay. Um, follow us on social medias. All of the social medias. Comment. We will respond. We really want to get a dialogue going. I think it'll be super fun. Um, share. We want it to expand across the universe. So aliens know who we are. (laughs) <laughs> for their inevitable uh, conquering of this terrible world. <laughs> the aliens, <laughs> yeah, like they want this. Yeah, the exactly. aliens will like our podcast, though, so they'll keep us around. Especially after we do the thing. They're like, oh, shit, they know all about us. Oh, yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> they're, they've done their research. <laughs> they've done their research. Um, yeah, like, share, subscribe. Uh, click and comment um other than that uh we will sign off for today um we'll see you next week with the thing uh for derek lamaster and lydia judy i'm jamie hiles and remember if you're going to scream 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 bloody bloody movies movies. (laughs) oh we were right on time that was really no way no way scream bloody movies good night folks (laughs) 